I'm Shannon. And I am Rami. And this is a workplace side hug. Side hugs are short, sweet, and to the point, just like their real life counterparts, mini episodes where we give you quick advice or workplace hacks to get you what you need, hopefully, right when you need it. No matter what kind of hug we're giving you, the goal is always the same. Help us all build our workplace toolkit with a whole lot of empathy without a whole new degree. This week, I think, is as straightforward as it can get. It is resume, tips, and tricks. Shannon, you've had a resume, I assume. Fancy. (laughs) Fancy. You printed it on higher quality paper, I assume. Oh, my God. Yes, I've had a resume before, and I remember buying that high quality paper and it lasting me for like 10 years of my career. I found ours the other day, and I was like, we bought this eight years ago. Look how nice this paper is. Like, what a waste of our lives. Yeah, totally, totally. Okay, so... Uh, my- Should we talk about the paper type? Is that uh, yeah, where we're going to start? We can talk about the paper type. So my recommendation <laughs> is linen what paper. Weight? I don't know what weight. I did mine in cream because it would stand out against the white papers. <laughs> we weren't going to talk about this, but I don't think physical resumes are a thing anymore. I don't really think they are either. I would always print mine and have it with me when I interviewed like to just hand in to case, the interviewee. But like, just in case what? You know, like, do you really think they're not going to have your resume handy? I don't know. So that's when we'd need it. So our tip is still print it on nice paper for <laughs> bringing it with in case they don't have your resume. No, that would not be. Um, sure, you can if you want. That would not be my first tip. My first tip would be to quantify things in your resume wherever you can. I proof a lot of resumes. And this is the number one thing I find myself saying over and over and over again. Here's why. Numbers break up your resume visually. So it's not just a bunch of words on a page. Uh, and it helps people get a sense for the scale and scope of work that you've done before. So you're helping them make it easier to like understand, have you managed a $2 million budget before or a $1.4 billion budget before? You know, it's like things like that. So think about it in terms of dollars. If you, I recently proofed like a, 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 lay, a, a spiritual person's resume, a rabbi's resume. It can also be number of people served, you know, like how mm-hmm. big is the congregation that you're serving? It can be percentages of different things. So get creative and find some ways to plug in numbers on different bullet points. It's the biggest miss that I see in resumes. Well, and think about yourself as a resume reviewer. You're going to see the numbers as you're scanning through, and that's what's going to stick out because it's not more words. So I think, to Shannon's point, get quantify where you can, but also don't over quantify because at some point, if you have just a bunch of numbers, then it becomes hard to then understand them. Yes. So you you don't necessarily need a number in every single bullet point. I guess maybe in some fields it would make sense. But make sure that you've got some for sure scattered throughout the resume to break it up visually. My piece of advice is remove the dumb. (laughs) What the heck is that? When I saw this in the notes, I was like, what does that even mean, Rami? Remove the dumb. Okay. So you know how when you make your first resume, you are like struggling to get a full page. Like Mm. struggling. And then you get some experience, and then you're not struggling to have a full page anymore. But you're really passionate that people know that you delivered newspapers, and you want to keep that on there <laughs> because of the initiative it shows. It shows you're willing to get up early. It shows you're willing yeah. to like do things and be consistent. And then your wife looks at your resume and goes, hey, Rami, get rid of your friggin' 
newspaper, newspaper job <laughs> because you're an adult you have a beard you do not need to keep telling people you had a newspaper out when you were like 14 so that my piece amazing. of advice is uh get rid of the dumb because it's dumb so dumb in this case is like those old jobs that maybe you had in college or pre-high school or frankly any job that just isn't relevant to the job that you're applying for or like bullets that are stupid Things because that sometimes, are redundant. There's sometimes yeah. I see redundancies. Okay. Just have someone who doesn't either really likes you, in this case my wife, or someone <laughs> who like doesn't really understand what you do, have them review it. Because they can be like, I don't understand why you're saying this thing or why you have this even on here. It doesn't seem relevant with the rest of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So get rid of the dumb. All right. Get rid of the dumb by having someone else review your resume. Okay, my... My next tip is more of a process tip. So when you're applying, like, when do you most often need resumes? When you're applying to jobs, right? So, like, when you're applying to a job, read through the job description that you want to apply for first. Make a short list of, like, keywords, if you will. What are the necessary skills or competencies that you're really finding that they emphasize? And then literally do, like, a Control-F search on your resume for those keywords. Are they showing up? Are they missing? If they're missing, it's time to make some tweaks, whether that's just to apply for that specific job or if it's in total. Like I'm thinking of a client who really wanted to get into the field of customer service, but for specific organizations that she really was passionate about, Mm -hmm. she didn't have like customer service anywhere in her resume, you know? So things like that, make sure that you're working the process backwards in that sense, because that's basically what their algorithms are going to be doing and or the human being on the other end of the table. And I think this advice is so good because what it ends up allowing you to do, depending on what it is that you want to do with your career, but if you're making that pivot and you're looking at, I don't know, three different types of jobs, you should have three very different resumes, right? I think what you end up doing to Shannon's advice here is read the job description, figure out what the skills are, and then go back through all of your experiences and rework them, reorder your bullets, put in new bullets and get rid of some that aren't um, valid for that role. I remember when I was thinking about making a huge career shift, it was really thinking about this industry needs these types of um, experiences. So I'm going to I'm gonna get rid of a bunch of what's already on there and replace them with these things. This other industry wants these type, right? So again, I'm changing everything about what my experience was in that role. Because at the end of the day, if to Shannon's example earlier, if it's a customer service thing, you probably have experiences of doing things within customer service yes. that you wouldn't necessarily put on that role. But you know, they need that experience. So I can go ahead and say all of these things that make me an expert in that space and have experience in that space. And so it's really about how do you design your resume optimally for that role for that industry. And know that if you're looking at multiple industries, you're gonna have very, very different resumes, even from the way maybe that you lay it out. And so I think, think about that, to Shannon's point. And even if you're operating in the same industry, I'm thinking about a client I was working with recently who's in the nonprofit space focused on public health. But she she's very committed to that mission, if you will, but she's open on what type of role she might take. Like one, some roles were more data heavy, like analytics heavy. 
Uh, some re- roles were more community engagement heavy, and she was interested in all of them. So she had different resumes, even within the same industry, but focusing on like different skill sets where she would have one resume that emphasized more of her analytical capabilities and her research background in public health, and one that might emphasize more of her ability to do community outreach, outreach and engagement. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so my next piece of advice is the phrasing for this, I still haven't figured out. But the further you get along in your resume, the shorter it should be. And what that means is, the older your experience is, the less bullets you should probably have for them, right? As you think about those roles, your most recent ones are probably the most relevant for whatever you are applying for. So for that to have multiple bullets, I think makes sense. But as you get further and further down, you're mostly just saying, I had this job, here's the one huge thing that I did within that role, and why uh, it's important for me to let you know that I, I did that role for two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like the further you get down the page, the shorter, yes. like, because we're assuming you're putting things in chronological order. And if you're not, maybe we should talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then my last tip here is don't be boring. Like I've seen some boring resumes and I say, I say that with love and compassion. Make it, make it sexy a little bit. Maybe pay attention to the industry or the company that you're applying for. Of course, there are industries or companies that want you to be pretty boring and straightforward. But like, if, for example, if you're a graphic designer, I'm going to expect a different kind of resume from you than if you are a data scientist applying for a job at 3M. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind and don't feel like you can't mix it up a little bit. I guess to give some examples, I've seen some resumes before where like everything was 12 point font or 10 point font. Like, no, don't do that. At least make your name 30 point font or something like break it up. Make some of the section headers bold, italic, underlined, whatever to distinct. Distinct? Is that a word? Yeah, that's the word. To distinguish between... There you go. Thank you. (laughs) To distinguish between different sections of your resume. Again, to make it more visually appealing. And frankly, to make it easier to understand like where the sections are and whatnot. So don't be afraid to mix it up. And then on the flip side, again, it's a spectrum. So I can think of a resume that I I reviewed once that was super creative and colorful and like really frilly, girly fonts and whatever. And maybe don't do that if you're applying for more of a straight-laced corporate role. Or ask yourself the question, why am I applying for this job if this is my preferred form of self-expression mm-hmm. and it doesn't at all align to the company culture? I applied for a job once where they like had you um like draw i don't remember what it was like a pirate or something and you had to submit that as a portion of everything that you had submitted Uh uh-huh and it was like that's what the company's looking for so like if you then write a cover letter or whatever it is like it can have a little bit more cheekiness because the company is like a little bit more cheeky so i think keeping that in mind i was really hoping you were going to say to make it sexy and at no point did you say did i never say make it sexy oh like yeah sorry i i I mean it is in the notes i was gonna say don't be afraid to make your resume sexy like yeah make it sexy you don't have to be boring express your personality and also if your personality is really like what is that old font rami is it like curly q or something you know or it's just like really over the top almost hard to read if that is your personality and you're applying for a boring company maybe reconsider what you're doing there or you're going to revolutionize that company. Yeah, I mean, could be, but you could also be a fish swimming upstream. Do you really want to yeah. do that? Do you have the energy for that? Okay, so 
Those are our general pieces of advice. Let's go through a few quick hitting questions and just give you our really quick feedback on these things. So, Shannon, what order do you think a resume should go? Should it go chronologically or relevancy wise? Uh, I advocate for chronologically. I think we should also talk about like what sections. Well, we're going to. So some people have summary sections. We're going to hit that later. So like to me, a typical resume or like a, an easy to read resume has mm-hmm. Summary or not, I'm in the anti-camp, work experience section, education section, and then a skills profile section. As an example, those are your sections. And then what order would you order your work? Within work experience, it should be most recent to... Chronological. Yes. So chronological, most recent first. Uh, That's the camp that I'm in. I agree with you, Shannon. I think chronological makes the most sense. I think the relevancy one is really tricky because then people get really thrown off. As a, as a person reading a resume, it's really hard to say, okay, I don't, I can't tell the story of where this person came from mm-hmm. and where they've gone if it's not chronological. So I think we agree there. Yes, you can hit relevancy by how much length you choose to put into different sections. So while Rami's tip earlier was like, it should be shorter the older the experience is, it could also be shorter the less relevant the experience is. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you don't want to show a career gap, if you will, if you don't want to show like you took a year off because you didn't take a year off, you just did a role that wasn't as relevant, don't put as many bullet points in that role. Okay. Cover letters. Uh, yeah, they suck. I hate them. I, I, I agree. Yeah, they suck. I hate them. I think uh, cover. So but but we have to do them. Some companies require them short. To, uh, short and sweet like it should be three paragraphs it should fill a half to three quarters of the page if you're writing a full page cover letter like nobody wants to read that it's too much yeah i think a lot of companies will make it mandatory i think if that's the case you have to do it um whenever i have the option to not do it i don't do it same no one wants to read them uh shannon what about the number of pages uh the advice that i've heard from many folks is when you have less than 10 years of experience it should be one page if you have more than 10 years of experience you can begin to expand onto two pages three four five i've never seen a three four five page resume again nobody wants to read that so i agree. i don't know you know what though i'm gonna like maybe in academia it's different I think in I think in academia, I think in other places, you probably have to list more specific things. But then we're probably talking about a um, CV, a CV versus a resume. Uh, my sweet spot has always been one physical page, which can be front and back. But I think any more than that is too much. And I think the less experience you have, the more compact it should be. I think we always struggle early on to try and fill as much of it. As we can, but I think compactness goes a long way if you can show all the experiences that you want. Okay, how many bullets do you think per roll? Uh, no more than six. Tops. Six is a lot. I wouldn't have even said that many. Oh, yeah. I think I think six can be appropriate, but it's like if, if it's six bullet points and each of them are two lines, heck yeah. no. Heck no. So maybe it's like six bullet points and... 10 lines max? Yep. Max. Absolute max. And then what about the order of the bullets? Uh, oh, yes. This is another thing that I will see people miss or screw up. So the first bullet point you list should be like your overall descriptor of the role. Like give them the 
the highlight. Like if you were literally telling someone in a sentence, what did you do in that job? That should be the first bullet point. If you start off with like a specific bullet point of like, I improved the budget by $3.4 million. Like, no, 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 no. Like that's disorienting. So make the first bullet point be, let a team of six analysts in a $1.4 billion P&L. So they've got a general sense of what you did. I like that. I've never thought about it that way. I think I've always done it that way because it's like, I don't know where else to explain what my job was, Mm -hmm. but I think that makes a lot of sense. So make the first bullet your like job descriptor and then, and obviously can have lots of quantified things in it, Mm -hmm. but start with that. And I think that helps you kind of figure out what follows. Uh, How do we feel about summaries, Shannon, at the beginning? I don't like them personally. I think that's like what people put in a summary is redundant with a cover letter sometimes and or it's like you trying to justify or explain something that that hopefully you can just do through how you're making your resume read i've talked to my husband about this too because i had a, a pretty helpful debate with one client about them and my husband was like i don't know i'm not like anti them he's like i'm very neutral with mm-hmm. summaries like I could, they could stay they could go So they're certainly not mandatory. I would lean more towards like, if you need a summary, is there something we need to change about your resume to make it so you don't even need that real estate? That is exactly my feeling is I would say I'm mostly neutral about summaries. If it's necessary, then there's something wrong with your resume. Mm -hmm. And I think more often than not, a summary can actually hurt you because it's a place for you to misspeak have grammatical errors or or give off a tone that can be very different than the rest of the resume. And so I think if anything, a summary may hurt you because it gives you more space to write in a way that you don't in the rest of the resume. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and then what about like the proficiencies, the skills that we put at our end? Oh, yeah. So I think this is an uh, when I say newer trend, I mean like newer in the last five years where people are doing more of a skills profile at the end where it's like, uh, probably a multi-column, like three or four columns with like one word snippets of like, I'm proficient in not like Excel or Microsoft Word, like that's a given. But if you have technical competencies, I think this area is critical for you. Like if you are a programmer or something, and there's things that you need to emphasize that you know. I also think that if you're applying for larger organizations where literally algorithms or machines are looking at your resume, mm-hmm. this is important because it's a it's one section where you can hit on a lot of keywords that that algorithm might be checking against. So I'm pro skill profiles, but again, similar to how we talked about summaries, I would say I'm neutral to pro. I'm not, uh, I'm neutral to pro. What about I'm you? very pro. I think they're super helpful especially when you're talking about like systems you know how to use or um, different skill sets that you have. And I think it's just a quick way in lieu of a summer, in lieu of a summary to share a lot of things that you have experience in that may not come up in your resume. Yes. And I think that's this to me, this is the catch all of, I never got to say I have this certification. So I'm going to put it here. I never got to say I did this thing. I'm going to put that here. Um, I never got to say like I was a speaker at a conference because there's no place for me to put that. Yes. I'm going to put it here. So I'm super pro the skill proficiencies uh, and I really like them for myself because I have weird experiences, uh, but I like them for all of you as well. All right. So hitting our like 
tips at a high level. Quantify where you can. Remove the dub. <laughs> have someone else yeah. prepare your resume. From a process perspective, read the job description. Make that short list. Search your resume back to make sure it's tying and relevant. Uh, and then Rami's tip about the older the experience is or the less relevant the experience is, probably the less bullet points that you should be including on that. And then the last tip of don't be boring, make it sexy. And then we gave you a lot of like quick catch all questions at the very end. So with that, we'd love for you to connect with us on Instagram at Workplace Hugs and let us know what are your resume tips and tricks, because I'm sure there's a ton of them and it's helpful for all of us. So we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, and with that, I've been Rami. And I've been Shannon. And this was Workplace Side Hug. Workplace Side Hug.